Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor Joaquin G. Molina invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Healthy. We give you thanks that the impact that we had in that nation, the Dominican Republic, was just totally powerful because of your grace that's upon our church and upon our lives and that you not only have given us and entrusted us with this world-changing ministry father god but that you have made it prosperous and you've made it multiply and fruitful and we just pray father god that the words that we share tonight would allow us to get on the same page that we would have your heart and that we would walk in your purpose and in your timing we give you thanks for every single one of the people that blessed us on this trip lord and ministered to us and served us so that we can get your word out so that we can change the world we pray father god that the word we hear right now would be world changing in our hearts and transform our lives and our families with the inheritance that you have for us this year lord and be glorified and lifted up and magnified as we hear your word tonight in jesus name we pray amen and amen as i was thinking about this trip uh, with what uh, was the occasion in David Palma's life, uh, the Lord kept on giving me Romans 5, verse 19, where it says, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. And, and I'm, I'm wondering in that first part of this verse is how our inability to be connected and be faithful to God has impacted our family and our children and our neighbors and our relatives and our in-laws. How one man's disobedient that causes many to be made sinners. A different course, a different legacy, different footprints. So also by one man's obedient, many will be made righteous. And our trip to Dominican Republic had nothing, like Ariel said, had nothing to do with ministry. In regards to going to preach at a church or going to do a men's conference, those were incidentals or things that were added on after we had made the decision to go and visit and, and honor David Palma for his obedience during a long term. The last five years, the, pi, the price that he's paid just because of one thing, to deny himself and be obedient to God has opened the gateway to a whole nation. It's been miraculous, it's been marvelous. And then I'm, I'm considering what does that mean in our own personal lives. And I want to come and, and focus on the word obedience because many of us have a totally foreign understanding. One of, the, one of the women that were staying there at our compound, at our missionary compound, was a friend of Dr. Diane and Francisco. And she had come down from New York and her being there because they say look she's been rejected by so many people she's been kicked out of so many churches she's never been able to get it together and so we thought we would show her compassion and love and and i'm sitting there uh, telling them that that's not the way to go because she has small children there and and her rebellion is already going and being passed off onto the children and so I'm wondering if our rebellion, our disobedience, because the opposite of obedience is disobedience, is uh, making for many of those people that should be connected in the purposes of God are being made disconnected. And by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. And so in this word, as we start, and, and, and all I want to do tonight is, is I could imagine the exponential explosion of what God can do if one of you decides to start being obedient. 
If, if David's step, and listen to me, it was so dry. There was no feeling. There was no enthusiasm. He didn't see any angels. He didn't see a choir in the heavens going, hallelujah. The day I said, you're to go and, and finish your medical career. He says, pastor, that day you told me that, it was like telling me, go become an astronaut. I had no idea in the world what it would be like to be a doctor. And now I'm five months away from it. And that's what obedience does. Obedience just shoots you off in the course of God's purpose. And the only thing that's required is for there to be uh, the humility of walking in that direction. And in that step and in that direction. And each one of us, each one of us that, that have that realm. And, and this woman, as, as I was telling Dr. Diane last night, because she, she saw the seriousness, seriousness of our ministry. So she decided to stay after the men's conference and go to dinner with us. And she was dying to get out of her heart all the stuff that they're going through. And she needed a word from a man of God. And so when she finally opened up and her husband opened up, we were saying, listen, that person you have in your house has no business being there. You should not open your house to rebellion because it's trampling on the small ones. It's, 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 it's affecting those people around. And, and sometimes we, our plight of compassion is greater than our understanding of obedience. So this morning when we woke up for breakfast, Diane says, I want you to tell her that she has no business being in this house. And so when I said, okay, call her over, I'll tell her. I'm a man of God. I got a word of God. And all of a sudden, the three guys, the young guys, Mauricio, Nicholas, and Leo just stood up and they left. <laughs> We're not going to be around here when this guy tells this woman she's to leave. And so she asked me, she says, could you tell her? I said, yeah. And so I started telling the woman. I said, listen, I was telling the Sábado family a word from the Lord to safeguard their house because I see they're a legitimate and genuine ministers and missionaries. And so as a man of God, I, had, I have provision for them to safeguard their house. And you're not to be here doing what you're doing. Because you're at all in an all-out rebellious state, and that's pouring over onto the kids. And she goes, uh, she goes, well, I don't understand. I said, well, you're not acting like a Christian. And then she said these words, what is a Christian? What is a Christian? And I said, well, a Christian is someone who lives like Christ. And she goes, no, it's just a religion. I said, no, it's not. It's a reality. And so that, that is where we see in each one of our lives, and I hope that when we come to church, we're asking the Lord, and this is the best we can do, Lord, teach me what obedience is so I can live that life. I, I don't want to miss obedience. I don't want to miss, and this is the way Charles Stanley put it, the only way to experience all that God has for us is to walk in complete obedience. The only way to experience all that God has for us is living a life of obedience. And a lot of us don't understand obedience, and a lot of us hate obedience. And this particular woman feels comfortable in rebellion. 
And so even as I was sharing with them, they admitted that she, since she got here two weeks ago and that she's been part and they're trying to help her because they know her. She's from New York. Since she got here two weeks ago, they've asked her 10 times to sleep in a particular room and she refuses. So I don't, I don't know, but I, I can tell you that while that sounds really tough, that 10 times, how many times have they told you something to the point where they don't tell you no more because they know you're not going to do it? And so we're just, we're just resisting the purpose and the, and the hand of God on our lives. The only way we can call ourselves legitimate Christians is through the character of obedience. In Jeremiah 11, verse 3, God tells his people, obey my voice. Is that it? Go one up, please. Hear the words of this covenant and speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Verse 3. Say to them, thus says the Lord God, cursed is the man who does not obey the words of this covenant. Verse 4. Which I commanded your fathers in the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, obey my voice and do according to all that I command you, so shall you be my people, and I will be your God. The nexus, the connection of us being able to even relate and be God's people is the issue of obe obedience. And it's not partial obedience. We've said it many times. Partial obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience. I did it. You did it way past the time you had to is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And we're not connected to God's great works and his timetable for our life until we begin to say, God, I want to mark myself out as, a, as an obedient person. Exodus 19.5, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandments, you shall be my special treasure to me and considered far above all the people of the earth, for all the earth is mine. This, this time frame of David Palmer's obedience, again, opened up. My, my both, my, both of my brothers studied in Santo Domingo. 30 years ago, my older brother studied dentistry. And 15 years ago, Jules, 10 to 15 years ago, Jules studied medicine. And David Palma's obedience opened up the entire nation. And the influence my older brother had all the time he was there and the influence Jules had all the time he was there does not compare to this five days we spent there. The entire nation opened up because of one man's obedience. It's supernatural. Again, we go to say, what is that expression in the lives of each individual person here tonight and how that reflects in everything they do. For anything that is taking place that requires obedience now has purpose to save lives in the future. His obedience five years ago set everything in place for the nuclear bomb that fell on that country. If he would have gone there and he would have womanized if he would have cheated on his wife, if he would have been irresponsible, if he would have come back and not finished his career, 
Hundreds of thousands of kids go to Santo Domingo every year. Year after year and don't finish. It says like this in Genesis 45 verse 5. As we look into the future, and what I'm talking about today is something that involves your life in the next five to ten years. And to understand that your immediate, the immediacy and urgency of your obedience today will have an impact in your lineage and legacy. I told Nick this morning when he woke up, my friend, I see you have a lot of work to do in the coming years. My oldest son, you're going to be super busy. Because the nations need men who can show an example of honor and obedience. They're crying out for men that are serious regarding these things. And so they say like this, but now do not go, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. He's talking to his brothers. You guys sold me off. Remember that? Don't be depressed about that. It was God who sent me here before you to preserve your life. There are going to be people that aren't obedient, people disobedient, people that are in rebellion, notwithstanding that God is making provision down the road to preserve people's life. If you read the following verse 7, he says it again. He says, for these, verse 7, and God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your life by great deliverance. My obedience 30 years ago when I left my best friend Carlos and I said, see you later, alligator, don't want to be you. And, and I started looking for Christ 30 years later. He comes running to the house of God looking for someone who's serious about God because of the travesty of his loss about six, seven months ago. So you are today in the, the, the steps you're taking and how serious you are and how committed you are to obeying God to the provisions of people and nations down the road. I see Radamez. Radamez, you're a man of God in formation, my friend. I honor you. Because in a, in, a, in a horrible time in his life, he says, I need God. And I need to put obedience in my life so that my future, even though right now it looks like hell, I trust God that if I'm obedient, down the road, there's going to be a harvest of life. Down the road, there's going to be huge open doors through sacrifice of those that are willing to, in, in the midst of their mess, to sit there saying, I need to find and be obedient. There he is serving God at the house of the Lord. And, and each one of us must move in that direction. Verse 8, he says, now therefore... All these things that transpire were not men messing with my life. Uh, a lot of us, this woman told me she could not listen to anybody because she didn't trust anyone. That's why she said she was rebellious. And, and I told her, I agree with you 100%. If we were to start looking for men that we're going to obey, how many would you find? We would scrutinize men down to the literal... Since they are men, I'm not going to listen to them. And that was her justification. I said, you know what? I had that same sentiment as a, a lead pastor, as a founding pastor, as a, as a well-noted pastor. I feel like, listen, there's nobody serious enough for me to listen to them. 
And I had that crisis two and a half years ago when I'm sitting there waiting and waiting for a man of God. I said, listen, if I don't make a decision to come under, because we're going to get into that right now. If I don't make a decision to come under somebody that's upon the earth in my lifetime, the only thing I have the potential of becoming is a devil. Because the devil will not. He was standing before the presence of God. He was called the seal of perfection. And he says, I will lift up my throne above the throne of God. Something in the devil's heart made him look at God as someone he could overlook and undermine. And I told this woman, I said, listen, you better find somebody upon the earth that you honor and you obey. That's a man of God. Now, they're not going to be perfect. But it needs to be somebody remotely decent that you respect, that you can consider to listen to. Because right now, in 30 years she's been a Christian, there's nobody, nobody that she adheres to or listens to. And so I said, I had that crisis, and I, I went up to Jack Keene and Pastor G.F. Watkins and says, look, I'm an overseer of ministries at, on a world stage internationally. And to go and take a posture and a place under G.F. Watkins would be something that would probably be frowned upon by those people that I oversee. But my safety in the kingdom of God is to humble, submit, and obey. That's, that, that's my safeguard. That's where I feel peace. And so Joseph is saying that. It wasn't you guys. It's God. And this place that I've taken that was done many time ago for things to come allowed me now to enjoy being the father of Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and the ruler through all the land of Egypt. He was entrusted with great responsibility because of his character of obedience. And so... Um, We get to the New Testament there, and we see this verse in Hebrews 5, 8. It says, Jesus learned obedience through the things which he suffered. Everything that was obedience in his life set him up to be now. It says, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things that were difficult, suffered. Things, the setbacks that he suffered. Verse 9, so in this, having been perfected, he's become the author of eternal salvation to all who, the word again, obey him. The disconnect is, is obey. And, and why we don't obey many times is because we don't agree. And we don't agree because we've put ourselves in the same footing with the person who's speaking into our life. That means his opinion and my opinion are different. And I have no reason to put my opinion under his opinion unless I wanted to obey. Because the very word obey in the, the Greek, what, what is talking about there, and I went to go get the Greek word as we were listening to that verse. Um, I'm going to make a, an attempt to say this word. Hupo akuo. That's the Greek word obey. Hupo akuo. 
Every time it says that in the New Testament, hupo akuo. Hupo meaning under, akuo means I listen. I'm going to take the low road and I'm going to listen. I'm going to take the low road, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to ignore and take the high road. And we'll never see fruits of the ministry of God called us to in the attitude of missing out, the coming under and listening. And James 1.22 says like this, it says, do not merely listen to the word, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because when you start just being a hearer and you don't do, you don't come under to listen, you deceive yourself. Who then will be able to ever lead you in the way of the Lord, in the order of the Lord, in the prosperity of God? Again, David's example is by the obedience of one man, many have been blessed. And, and he says it. It was like asking me to become an astronaut. He being the first to obey, going through the hardship. I told the people on this trip that obedience has the expression of ouch every time. The, the, the expression of listening and coming under somebody's leadership hurts our ego, hurts our, our self-esteem. And we'll never see the expression of God's glory any other way. One of the verses that I was able to read to this lady, Catherine, is in Daniel chapter 9, where it says that as Daniel began to pray and get himself ready for his fasting, um, I want to suggest that it's not only fasting, but listen to the words that led him to line himself up with the fasting and he had realized I had to come before God and ask God to forgive our forefathers because we never obeyed and followed their lead. Here it is. Daniel chapter 9 and we read Verse 3, I set my face toward God and made a request by prayer and supplications and fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confessions. He with his mouth admitted, O Lord, great and awesome God, you who keep your promises and your mercy with those who love you. Uh, who love him and with those who keep his commandments. Verse 5, we have sinned and committed iniquity. That word iniquity is what was in the devil's heart that led him to disobey. Iniquity is that which does what I want, where I want, when I want, how I want, with whom I want, every time I want. See, there's no scrutiny. There's no accountability. I'm doing what I want, with who I want, where I want, the times I want. Uh, you know, just, just all that expression. And he says, forgive our iniquity. And it says like this, he says, uh, we have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and we have rebelled. How? By departing from your word and your judgments. And neither have we heard your servants. Those prophets who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. And so he was talking about them not obeying, them walking away. And so he says, because we walked away, verse 
7. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face, as is, is this day, to the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all of Israel, those near and those far off in the countries to which you have driven them off because of unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. Verse 8. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our, the, our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. He says... To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed his voice, our God, to walk in his laws and to set before us by his servants the prophets. Yes, all his Israel has transgressed your law and departed so as to not obey your voice. Therefore, there's a curse and an oath written upon the law of Moses of the servant who have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. So the issue was continually, and, and this was, is we all want to be part of God's glorious plan and his glorious vision and be, be one of those guys that, but it requires obedience and it, it requires small obedience so that you can get into larger steps of obedience in the will of God. And so sometimes we see in 1 Samuel chapter 3 that Samuel was under the tutelage of Eli from the time he was an, an, a, a small child, his mom dropped him off there at the pastor's house and he was raised up in the pastor's house. First Samuel 3, 1. The boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. He was under Eli, the, the, the high priest. And the, Lord, uh, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Not many people were listening to God and there was not widespread vision, revelations. People weren't connected to the things of heaven. Verse 2. There's nothing worse than not to be Connected, And it came to pass at that time while Eli, the high priest, was lying down in this place, when his eyes had begun to grow dim so that he could not see. So Eli was losing his vision. He was older already. Verse 3, it says, Before the lamps of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, verse 4, the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. Verse 5. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call, lie down again. And he went and he lied down. So Samuel went running to the pastor. Hey, you call? He goes, no, I didn't call you. Go lie down. So he goes back in verse 6 and he, the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and he says, here I am, for you called me. He says, I did not call you, son, lie down again. God begins to see the faithfulness of your obedience in the small things as a child in the Lord and in your growth and in your maturity. And then he begins to entrust you with his calling. Verse 7, he says, Now Samuel did not know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. His connection to the Lord was through Eli. And a lot of this, this lady says, God talks to me. Catherine, God doesn't talk to you. Because you won't listen to anybody who is working for God. 30 years. The Holy Spirit talks to me. No, the Holy Spirit has given the church apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. To speak to his people. To lead them. So there in verse 8. When you're faithful, then the Lord called Samuel again the third time. He rose and went to Eli. Look how many times he kept on going back. To check that whatever he was hearing, the pastor would sit there and say, what you're hearing is from God. Pastor, I had a dream last night. Oh, please don't tell me. Please don't tell me your dream. 
This one woman called me six months ago. She goes, my, my, my brother-in-law's been going to your church. You're a serious man. I knew you when you were a teenager. And so I've seen you grow up 30 years later, and now you're like a main pastor. My brother-in-law goes to church. His life has changed, and I need help. I said, lady, you won't waste one second of my time, not one second of my time, unless you can tell me one person you've listened to in 30 years. You call, whoever it is, call a pastor somewhere on this planet and have him tell me that you've obeyed him. Because if you haven't listened to someone in 30 years, I very well doubt you're going to listen to me. How many say amen? amen? If we don't listen to anybody, we just don't listen to anybody. And guess what? That's a horrible place to be in. That's why I listen to my father-in-law. At least I have somebody I could, you could call. To have the tendency and the meekness and say, you know something? I don't have the best opinion. I don't have the best answer. I don't have the best way. I don't have the best formula. I need, I need God's mercy in my life. I need to shut up and listen. So that God could show up. Because my son said it on this trip. He says, I want the way of blessing and it's called obedience. I want, I want to see God in my life. And it's the pathway of obedience. And the Lord called Samuel a third time, and he rose and went back to the main guy he was under and said, Here I am, for you did call me. And Eli perceived, No, I didn't call you. Therefore, Eli, uh, Eli perceived that the Lord had been calling the boy, verse 9. And he says, Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go and lie down, and the next time he calls you, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, Lord. Your servant is ready to listen. So I, I know, and this is, I went to a church here. I was invited some years ago to a church in the inner city next to Pro Player Stadium. And I walked in there, it was a black church, and the Lord was just, his, his voice, the word of God. The, the pastor says, go ahead and give the word of the Lord. I couldn't give a word of the Lord that night because the word of the Lord was falling on each person and it was like hundreds of people and he had a word for that guy and a word for that woman, a word for that man. And he was speaking to everybody. And I was like, Pastor, listen to me. All I know is that God has called people in your church to open their ears, open their hearts, and listen to God. Because he has incredible, incredible things he would like to reveal to his people. And our hearts are shoving God away and, and, and getting hard and shoving God away and getting hard. And all we're doing is growing distant from the purpose of God. And, 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 and obedience is what is required for us to come back to that place to see his glory. And so as we stand like Samuel in the house of God and under the men God has put over our life, let us, let us begin to take baby steps of obedience. Take baby steps of obedience so God could reconnect you with some incredible world-changing ministry and there is no life to live upon the earth outside of the will of God and it's only for those that have a heart for obedience so let's stand tonight and say God thank you for the word tonight thank you for the testimonies thank you for being in the house of God 
I'll tell you what, I had as a lawyer many times people come into my office and saying, I hear voices. You, you listen to people like that? I hear voices. Sometimes I hear voices. This is what voices are in the wind. There's all types of voices calling you to all sorts of things. Those that are upon your life speaking that bring fear into your life, they're not from God. You, God has not given you a spirit of fear. God wants you to walk in faith. And there's confidence in something supernatural, invisible. Uh, walking away from your law practice, walking, you know, into ministry, everybody telling you you're crazy, hearing God wants to change the world, pastor saying nothing's going to happen, we don't forecast anything in the future, God's not going to move, we've already seen everything, guess what, no, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And he says, you'll see those things if you obey if you have a character of obedience. And obedience is seen everywhere. Obedience is seen in your marriage, on an everyday, everyday scenario. Obedience is seen uh, at your work, um, the attitudes to always lift up a, a better way, a better explanation. Listen to me, I'll tell you what, I gotta say this because it's, it's, it's reality. The biggest travesty that's happened to women upon the earth is they have not Allowed, and I tell them, listen, listen and follow your husband so you see the glory of God. And some people are like, if I, don't, if I don't tell my husband what to do, we're not going to eat next month. We won't pay the mortgage. I got to tell him, I got to tell him, I got to tell him. Give God an opportunity to see his glory and not yours. This one young man was coming to our youth group many years ago, and every week on Friday, he had no money, so I would pull out a $20 bill from the money I was making. I would give him $20. Here's for gas, for food. You know, you know I feel sorry for you. And every week, here's $20, man. Here's gas, here's food. I feel sorry for you. I did that for six months. And I, I took it to prayer. I said, God, why don't you bless this man? He says, because you never let me. And part of his blessing is running out of money and food, so he looks up into heaven and gets a job. And so he came the next week. He says, I'm hungry. I said, you're going to starve. Because I'm not going to be part of your destruction anymore. You know what he did? He got a job. It's amazing. See, he's, he's well employed today. He's very, if I would have kept on giving him those helps that you wives give, you're ruining the glory of God. And so zip it, take it into prayer, and start listening and see the glory of God. I had to say that. Because I want to see the glory of God. And I don't want to see men being taken out into oblivion. Let, let God deal with them. Father, we thank you tonight because this climate of listening to these words is what the kingdom is all about. Because you do not reign over rebels. Rebels lift themselves up and reign over your throne. And they don't have any desire for your words to be spoken. And your words are the expression of amazing, amazing created realities of your plan and your destiny for our lives and our children and the provision for our great-grandchildren, Lord. 
I pray, Lord, that each one of us would have a servant's heart and grow in humility and have the disposition to not walk in iniquity in the best expression of our attempt to bring about prosperity. And give us a heart of obedience. Give us a, heart, a servant's heart. And even though you have given us wisdom and you have given us ways and insights to see things, that we would walk like Christ in humility and meekness, that we would fulfill the will of God on our lives and participate with the coming glories, the fruit and harvest of our obedience today will glorify you tomorrow. Allow us to be obedient in every expression of those things you've entrusted us to because you're not going to force us. You're not going to lord over us and obligate willfully and demand from us because that's how the Gentiles rule. But he who should see the expression of your faithfulness is one who voluntarily gives himself up for a more excellent way. Fill us with your spirit and give us the wisdom of your word to take the low road to new heights. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord and see you on Sunday.